modes of thought in Interran literature. Second year classics, Harvard University. Hi, hello, great, glad you're all here. Let's take our seats, please. Thank you. Uh, some quick housekeeping, all right. This is Modes of Thought in Antaran Literature, Second Year Literature and Classics. The uh, syllabus number is uh, L660. And because of the classics thing, C667, L660, C667. So your course list from the registrar should have one of those two numbers on it, or else uh, you fucked up and you're in the wrong place. Sorry, wait, what? What about intellectual history? Just put C667. They don't include it in the intellectual history major automatically, but if that's your major, that's, that's your major, yeah. yeah. Um, just talk to your advisor. They can switch the credits around. I've never seen anyone have a problem. Okay? Cool. All righty then. Modes of thought in Antaran literature. Modes of thought in Antaran literature. So we're going to start off with the story from Mem Ihaf. Yeah. Um, I just got a text from Carol in the front office. She says there's a phone call for you. It's, I think it's urgent. It's, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to start off with a story. Uh, I'm, I'm reading here from Mem Ahafi. Uh, he was a writer in early in the Second Empire, so we're talking roughly 68,000 BCE. Quote, Teosha, first mother of the world, divine human female, was sorrowful in the darkness, which went everywhere and was under everything. And she exclaimed, why should I be alone and know that I am alone? And her tears filled the rivers and the oceans. In her anguish, she bent her hands and her fingers until at last she removed the fourth finger from her left hand and planted it in the darkness, nursing it with the milk of her breast until Ecopa was born, already a grown man with full beard and broad shoulders and legs that straddled the mountains. And he said to her, you are the mother of the world. I will build a city from your milk. But his voice, being the voice of a god, was too strong for her. 
and set the winds in motion and made the clouds and the rain. And her ears bled and her head was crushed from the sound and her body was crushed from the sound and she became the stars. This is how Teosha became the mother of earth and heaven, end quote. Okay, that's one version of the creation myth of Antera. There are a bunch of others, and we'll get into those. But there are two points in starting off with this. Uh, one, this is the only civilization we know of that has a human foremother. Um, so that's really intriguing. Usually they start off with gods, right? Um, the other point, and this might seem subtle, but get into it with me here. She says this line, why should I be alone and know that I am alone? This is the oldest known reference to knowledge as a, a liability, a, a dangerous thing, even a lethal thing. And it comes almost 65,000 years before the Bible and the story of the Garden of Eden, right? Amazing. So, okay, what is the Interran civilization? Um, in order to get into the meat of this course, right, the modes of thought, of the literature, we need to understand a little bit more about the culture itself, um, the raw data. So let's do the historiography thing. Uh, most of you know that six, no, it's seven years ago now, seven years ago, there was an archeological discovery of enormous significance. A Chinese submarine accidentally went down. Uh, it was a terrible tragedy. All 133 sailors aboard the sub perished. But, but, when the military sent down rescue drones, they got some very interesting pictures. And it turns out the sub had fallen smack in front of what we now call Isosceles III, right? The uh, three-sided pyramid in the northeastern quadrant of the main city. The Chinese cordoned off the site very quickly and uh, they've been extremely close-lipped about their findings. Uh, but since it was initially at least an international rescue effort, we did get some data and the scientific community continues to share research as best they can, considering how just incredibly stupid the politics around this are. Um, so, okay, so here's what we know. Way out in the middle of the southern quadrant of the Pacific Ocean, about 1,300 kilometers southwest of Papeete Island, at a depth of 4,500 meters below the surface, in what they call the abyssopologic zone, the ruins of an ancient city were found. Shortly after, a road was discovered that stretches out from the city northeast. In the direction of that road, about 17 kilometers away, a second site was discovered two years after the initial find. They called the first city Prime A, and the second city, wait for it, you got it, Prime B. Um, obviously, we've come to know these by different names, but we'll get to that. The carbon dating on the site that they have done so far brings us to the date 
82,500 BCE. So yeah, 84,000 years ago. It's well before the oldest known culture, the Australian Aboriginals, uh, though some scholars debate the 50,000 BCE date for the Aboriginal culture. Uh, either way, without doubt at all, this is the oldest known human civilization and it predates anything even vaguely close to it on a societal or technological scale by almost 60,000 years. It is incredible. It's the coolest thing. Um, what do we have to build our understanding of the Antarian culture? What's the hard evidence? We have the archeology. span They've done some amazing work down there considering the depth, just incredible, really. They're using sonar and also this really cool new technology called LIDAR. And we've got amazing 3D maps. LIDAR? Yeah, LIDAR. Say it, it's fun to say, LIDAR. Anyway, the imagery, it's all strictly topographical, so we don't know what's beneath the surface. That's a metaphor. That's deep, man. <laughs> yeah, deep. That's a good one. What's, what's your name? Chris. Chris? Okay, I'm just gonna put a little gold star next to your name. So, okay, besides the maps, we have some photography of the sites, uh, which is all low light underwater photography, which really lends it this kind of Blair Witch through night vision goggles vibe. Um, for samples, well, there's not a ton, um, but they have managed to bring a few fascinating things up and we'll get into that stuff pretty deeply, I can assure you. Sorry? Are we gonna get to see any of the samples? Ah, yeah, I wish, man. Um, but no, most likely we won't get to see any of the samples in person. Uh, they're being studied at the Beijing University. And like I said, politics, the Chinese government, um, really kind of keeping us out. The, uh, the facility they have in Beijing is amazing. I've been there and I know some of the professors there pretty well. So, uh, you know, I'm in touch with them on the reg. Does, does anybody say on the reg anymore? No. All right, well, good for me. I'm, I'm bringing it back. Uh, again, I'm not gonna go deep into the historiography stuff, but if you want more to look at, I would start off with Reed's and Terran historiography and also uh, Arroyo and Oscar, The Place of Antara. The Place of Antara is a, is a really good one. Okay, is, are there any questions on that stuff so far? Oh, sorry, I didn't get your names yet. You, go ahead. I looked for reading the bookstore. Yeah, that's not too surprising. I mean, actually it is because that book is fascinating, but uh, it goes out of print all the time, which is, why it's not surprising you can't find it. But I mean, considering how incredible and game-changing the topic is and the discovery of Antara, I just don't know why these materials are hard to find. It makes no sense to me. Um, Carol texted me like four times, so <sighs> I don't know if you want to go see what's happening. No, but... it's, it's okay. Okay. We're good. Okay, yeah. Thank yeah. you, of course. Thank you. Yeah, I gotta stop betting on professional wrestling. I think that stuff is fixed. Okay, for technology, seems like Antara was a Bronze Age culture, um, uh, which expanded our 
understanding of when the Bronze Age began. But uh, yeah, they have simple machines that are roughly equivalent to what we'll see in early Egypt or uh, probably more appropriately uh, early Mayan cultures. Like both of those societies, the Antarans were able to accomplish incredibly complex goals with very simple machines. Um, so it's remarkable. Some, some of what they were doing, we, we still just don't understand. Lastly, writing. This is our focus, right? Inside the buildings on both sites, prime A and prime B, the walls are covered in thousands of characters. Thousands. The writing goes on practically every surface in the city. We have not yet found a wall that did not have at least one glyph carved in it. Um, we'll go into some of the writing and the linguistics later as well, but what's shocking to me is the level of sort of obsession that this culture seemed to have with the written word and how it literally was the space in which they lived. So the writing can be broken up into four main subjects. Don't write this down, we don't need to take notes yet. Uh, religion, history, trade, and philosophy. So that's where we're gonna put our focus during this class. Um, the last thing that I will add to our little introduction today uh, is a story from Ra Samana, uh, who's an Antaran philosopher, um, roughly 6500 BCE, so still Second Empire. Um, she tells a story about a man who was at a banquet. And the man was at the banquet and he overheard a plot to kill the king. The man figured the king should be alerted that he would want to know, right? And that he would want to know so much that maybe the king would reward him with jewels and titles for saving his life. So in this moment, Ra Samana explains the man is standing in the light of knowing. I call it the light beam of knowing linguistically, but uh, it's interesting. And the king is, get this, in the cave of ignorance. That's Plato's cave. Only this is about, I don't know, 62,000 years, 64,000 years before Plato. So the man goes and he tells the king about the plot. And the king doesn't believe him. The king says, no way, everyone loves me. It's utterly unthinkable. Why would anyone want to kill me? So the man realizes that he was wrong. He had thought he was standing in the light of knowledge, but in fact, he was in a cave of not knowing. In fact, he had gone from, before he knew this, being in a cave of not knowing, because he didn't know about the plot to assassinate the king, to an even darker cave of not knowing, which was, that the king, who he respected and admired, wouldn't even listen to him. 
That's the point of our class together. Okay, we're going to be reading the most ancient writings from human civilization. And as we learn, we may only be stepping from one cave of not knowing into a deeper and darker and scarier cave. So that's our journey together, folks. All right. Ow! Ah, Jesus. Yes, you guys heard that? It's not just me, right? Ah, wow. Whew, sorry, I'll, we'll look into that for next week. Make sure that doesn't happen again. Weird. Anyway, thank you guys. Uh, I'll see you next week. Uh, we're doing more of the creation myths. And um, it's a good idea to read the first two chapters in the book. You're probably not going to do that, but you should. All right. Thanks, everybody. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Well, hello there. Dr. Charlie Tuckett here. You know, rumor was, Spaceship Oz-9 was intended to take a bunch of rich folks to a new planet since, uh, you know, we pretty much uh, used up the one we have now. But, you know, since it's uh, looking more and more likely the ship might uh, be humanity's last stand, let's take a quick look around. Are you telling me the four sacred tokens are all aboard the Oz-9? Remind me again why we're doing this? Allegiances are too muddled on this ship. MCCACEC is a normal institution of higher learning. Ah, but if you pull back the outermost layers... I'm from Minnesota, where we like our lives as neat and as open as the inside of a freshly caught and cleaned walleye. Do you know, I am now the only assassin aboard the ship. 
What are you doing alive? I want to know what side he's on when the ship hits the fan. Are they the most ridiculous people I've ever met? Uh, fetch that annoying bunch of trespassers so we can bring Pluto to heal. The new order starts today. Well, however this all plays out, if you have a strong stomach and a high tolerance for stupid, you can follow the Oz 9's adventures just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. I got a trot, space monkeys. Stay safe out there. <laughs>